Hey guys, I'm Natalie. This is the Least Favorite Podcast, where we talk about relationships, personal growth, and the toxic shit that we see on social media. Let's get into it. So weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like I got cheated on. Like, my husband cheated on me and he left me. Like, oh, don't tell nobody about that. That's not what's going on here. Yeah. I didn't cause this upon myself, yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. just so strange. It's like and you had this shame to it almost. It was like a shame, yeah. Weird. Welcome back to another episode of the Least Favorite Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie, and I have my co-host, Anthony, behind the camera. And today we are joined by a fan favorite, because the fans love you. They love when you're here talking your shit. And this episode is even more special because you are talking your shit on something that you are an expert in, I would say. You're an expert in this in your own life. Um, And first, I just have to say that thank you for even coming and having this conversation, because I feel like... It's touchy. Mm-hmm. It's a sensitive topic. A lot of people don't even want to ask questions too much because they yes. don't want to overdo it or what's the word? Like overstep or getting your business. Um, so just to say it, uh, you're going to be talking about your experience with breast cancer. Yes. And I guess to start off this conversation, I kind of just want to know, like, let's start at the beginning. Like, what do you remember from the day that you found out? What was the weather like? Oh. What made you even want to get checked? Like, yeah. just tell me about the beginning of the journey. Okay, so I remember, so my best friend and I went to Punta Cana, June 2021, mm-hmm. and it was our first trip together. We had, Her and I had never traveled on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were basically celebrating like 25 years of friendship. Oh my God. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. I, like, <laughs> we had such a great time. It was a very relaxing vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get back. I do have to say that before that vacation, I had um, a GYN checkup. Okay. Um, so you know that during GYN appointments, they check your breasts. Mm-hmm. When I came back, I also had a physical done, an annual physical. Same thing. My breasts were checked during that annual physical. Um, but I did notice something during that time. I do remember it being around like June 17th around there. Um, and I felt what would be like a lump on my right breasts okay right on right smacked in the middle mm-hmm. on my nipple on my areola to be exact um and i was like this is different i feel like this wasn't here before mm-hmm. and i'm not usually a person to check my breasts but it was just like it was very obvious like went to the touch yeah 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 um was it painful so it started to be painful okay. after i had sent the email to the doctor okay um and my nipple started changing. It mm. started to like invert, like mm. little by little, like slowly it was like pushing in. Wow. So it looks very different. I, I, w- I kept saying it looks, this looks like a sad breast. That's what I kept saying, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it looks sad. When I'm looking at myself mm. in the mirror, that's what it looked like. So um, I remember telling my best friend about it. I was like, listen, I think I'm going to contact my doctor. She was like, yeah, go for it. I mean, what do you like? What do you think it could be? I'm like, I don't know. It feels maybe like a clogged milk duct or something. Because I started Googling stuff. Yes, of course. Um, breast cancer did pop up, mm-hmm. but I ignored that. Mm-hmm. And I looked at everything else. Um, and then I sent an email to my OBGYN doctor explaining to her what I felt. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, I'm going to schedule an appointment for you. And like, it was like two, three days later with her nurse because she was out of town. So the nurse could check me. 
So I go to that appointment. This was at the end of June. And the nurse, she sees me, she checks me, and she's like, I think it's a clogged milk duct. Hmm. And I go, okay, because I, I, I researched this online and I, and, I, and I thought that it was to be the same thing. And she said, yeah, you know, with your age, um, there's no way that it could be anything else. Hmm. Um, you know, I can't even send you for a mammogram because your insurance is going to kick it back. Hmm. Um, so just go home, two weeks, put on some warm compress, um, and it should go away. And if it doesn't go away, then you could just contact us back and, and we'll take it from there. So as the two weeks are going by, during those two weeks, my breast starts to hurt. Okay. Now I'm taking Motrin for it. Yeah. I can't sleep. I'm sleeping face down so I can put pressure on it. Wow. Um, and, and I go ahead, 14, it's 14 days to the exact date of my appointment. I remember telling my best friend, I'm like, what do you think I should do? Do you think that I should email the doctor again? Yeah. Because I already have other health conditions that requires me to see other specialists. So I just didn't want to add on to right. the pile. I'm like, oh, am I being dramatic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. And she's like, do it. Just do it. So honestly, she she gave me that push because I really didn't want to even send mm -hmm. the email. So I go ahead. The doctor says, okay, we'll schedule you for an ultrasound. So right away, I had an ultrasound again two, three days later. Um... And, oh, man, that experience was crazy. So I walk in to get the ultrasound. Mm -hmm. And the girl tells me while I'm on the bed, she's like, can you do me a favor? Can you point to where it's at? Um, because I keep checking you and I don't, I don't find anything. Mm. So I point to her and, you know, she passes it. Once she passes it right onto where I said, mm -hmm. she's like, chick, 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 taking pictures, oh, taking shit. pictures, taking images. <laughs> And she's like, okay, um, we're done. Put your clothes back on and get up. Um, I'm going to take you to see the radiologist. Hmm. And I'm like, what do you mean that I'm going to see the radiologist? Like right now? Mm -hmm. Or you mean like I'm going to get my results in a few days? Mm -hmm. She said, no, now. Hmm. I'm like, whoa, I've never, ever been to a doctor's visit and gotten results so right there. So what was there. going through your mind right then and there? To be honest, not cancer. Okay. Not cancer. Mm -hmm. There was no way. Yeah. There's no way. Mm -hmm. You know, why, why, me, why right. would I have cancer? Right. You know? Mm -hmm. So I walk in. I walk past the radiologist's room, and he's in the dark, facing, looking at the, at, the, at the screen, and I'm behind him. And right there, I guess he feels that someone's behind him, and he turns around, and he's like, uh, you know, he calls me Miss Brito, and I'm like, yeah, that's me. And he's like, okay, uh, come in. And just tell me a little bit about what you felt. I tell him the story. And I can see the image on the screen. And of course, I don't know anything about cancer, but right. it looked like a, like a cauliflower. Hmm. It was in the shape of a cauliflower. Hmm. Um, and, and he tells me, you know, we have, you know, I have some concerns based off your image or based off your ultrasound. Mm -hmm. um, and we need further testing. Hmm. I was still calm. I was calm all the way to the date I found out that I had it. Because mm. at no point in time did that cross Your my mind. mind. Why do you think that is? Did you Have you thought about that? Because even you have mentioned how you were looking it up and mm -hmm. everything came up. You saw breast cancer, but you ignored it. Mm -hmm. 
So you were really just trying to block it out, you feel like? Like there's no, or you were just in denial to that extent. Like there's no way it could be me, why me? So I've always been the person that goes to worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. And I've been told by my therapist, don't do that. Okay. Um, because not all the time is worst case scenario, right? right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so at that moment I said to myself, it, it was definitely a block. Yeah. And it was definitely me not thinking worst case scenario. Okay. Because why would it be cancer? Right. You know, it could mm -hmm. it could be anything. It else. could be anything else. So, you know, uh, and then two three days later, that I remember it was a Thursday. I went to go get a a biopsy done, an ultrasound guided biopsy. Same exact day, I was walked into a room to get a mammogram. Nothing yet. Nothing. I and I'm and I'm asking the doctor over and over. I'm like, is it a is that a clogged milk duct? Yeah. Do you think that it's like um. You know, a cyst? Is it a cyst? Yeah. Um, is, it, is it fibroids? I mean, what is it? Yeah. And she's like, let's wait for the results to come in. She knew. She knew what it was. She knew. She just couldn't say it because she needed the results. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm like, you know, they keep not answering my... So they would answer the question that was being asked. They would not keep going. Is it a cyst? Got it. No. Oh, I see. And I was like, okay. So then what the fuck is it? I would be freaking the fuck out. Yeah, but, like, I, but I wasn't freaking out. Oh, my God. That was the thing. I, I was not freaking okay, out. Okay, so then you get the mammogram. So I get the mammogram. You wait for the... How long did the results take? You got them the same day? So I got a mammogram, I want to say Thursday. And she told me, you will, we'll give you all the results with the ultrasound. Because first is an ultrasound based okay. off, you know going through all the all the tests yeah 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 usually you know when you're over 40 you get the mammogram done and you can see it there but because of my age they wanted i guess to go through all the all the testing so i had a ultrasound after the ultrasound was a ultrasound guided biopsy mm -hmm. and then after that was the mammogram okay and that tuesday she was supposed to give me the results okay so on monday i get a little bit like anxious i'm like let me just call and leave a message and see if the results are in and they're like, oh, okay, she'll call you back. So she calls back literally like 20 minutes later. And she's like, I don't know how to tell you this because of your age. Mm -hmm. She's like, it's cancer. And I immediately did like, like it was like an outer body experience. Mm -hmm. It was like. It was no longer me. It was so weird. I like. I, it was hard for me to take it in, like, and process it, because mm -hmm. I was like, no, like, really, me? Yeah. How the fuck do I yeah. have cancer? So the way I took it after that was like I got to run an errand, mm. like I got to take care of something. Yeah. It wasn't like my health anymore. It was like, I got to take care of this. I got to go to this doctor's appointment. I got to do this and do that and do this. It was almost like dissociation. Mm. That's how I feel like I got through my whole entire cancer process. And I feel like I didn't get the full emotional breakdown until after I was done with chemo. Mm. At that point, I was like... Holy crap, I just went through all of that. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's rewind a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so who was the first person you told? Like you get this news, out of body experience, you're treating it like an errand, but who's the first person you're like, all right, I gotta tell this to somebody? So I called my best friend. 
first I called my mother and mm. she was at the pharmacy mm. and I told her and the pharmacy is in the corner of her house. So I told her, I got my results and I need for you to go home and call me when you're home. Okay. Um, and she was like, okay, no problem. Um, so then I immediately call my best friend afterwards. I tell her what happened. She was shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of already was expecting it. Yeah. Based off all the stuff what that I was telling, telling her, her. But she was never going to be like, dude, it sounds like cancer. Of course not. Um, because if I'm not doing that, you know, I, I guess she kind of felt that. Um, and then my mother had called me right after, whereas I hung up with her and told my mom. And I could tell that she wasn't home yet. And I told her. And yeah, but she wanted to know. She wanted to know. And it sounded like she was in the hallway of her of her building. And she, like, collapsed on the stairs. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, damn. So that was that was definitely the first person that I called was my best friend. Okay. That I got to tell. And so you have a daughter? Yes. What was that conversation like? So I didn't tell my daughter right away. Um, because there's this thing, and it happens a lot in our culture, where something happens, some type of trauma, some type of health illness, mm-hmm. and the first thing you're told is, don't tell nobody. Mm. Don't tell nobody. And I was told that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't planning to tell her until I found out um, what my treatment plan was. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I felt like, if I'm gonna have physical changes to my body, yeah, I have to tell her, yeah, because she is of age to understand that something's happening, mm-hmm. and the last thing I want for her is to question it and then answer it herself. I see, yeah, I want her to know this is what's happening and mommy's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah. So how would how was her reaction? She cried the second because she had asked me. She she told me, "Mommy, I overheard you saying that you have cancer. Do you have cancer?" Oh shit! That was the first time, and I said no. Mm. So then the second time she asked me, I said, "Well, you know, I want you to sit down. Um, I wasn't honest with you the first time because I didn't know how to tell you. Yeah. Uh, but now that I do know how to tell you, yes, mommy does have cancer. She immediately cried. Of course, she was like, "You're gonna die." Yeah. And I said, "I can see how you are." relating cancer to death because everyone that you see on tv everyone that you hear Mm -hmm. that has had had cancer has passed right um but you know treatment is very advanced Mm -hmm. and mommy's gonna be okay mommy's not gonna die from cancer Mm -hmm. and she's like well how do you know that and i'm like you know mommy has good doctors i'm gonna make sure that i follow up with my appointments Mm -hmm. keep up with the treatment and i'll and i'll keep you posted yeah um i feel like the part that she took the worst was when her when she first first saw me with my hair loss Mm. that was like whoa Mm -hmm. yeah so actually speaking about yeah go ahead go ahead yeah when you told her that stuff did you believe it oh that's a good question I did. I did. But I didn't realize now that you mentioned that at the moment that I was telling her, Mm -hmm. I did believe it. But as I was going through my doctor's appointments, I started realizing that. So one thing with cancer that I learned is how bad (laughs) toxic positivity is. Mm. Your family and friends tell you, don't worry about it. You're going to get through this. They compare you to other people um that went through it and they survived it and you're gonna be just like them but when you're in a doctor's appointment and your own oncologist cannot answer questions for you yeah 
and they're talking about survival rates. Yeah. And I can we can speak about five year survival rates. It's like what happens after the five years? Right. So and even when you're asking questions, they don't know the answer to it. So you asked about prognosis? Like you asked about, okay, what are what are my chances here? I asked what was the mortality rate. And what did they tell you? Because I didn't want to do chemo. Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing it. Okay. Um, and they were like, um, well, based off your... So the, so let me explain. So there's different types of cancer. Okay. Breast cancer. Okay. Um, before I had cancer, I did not know that. I thought it was just one type of breast cancer. I thought there was only one type of chemo. Mm. There's multiple chemos. There's multiple types of breast cancers. So the one that I had um, was invasive ductal carcinoma. Okay. Um, I found out after I had surgery, when the tumor was removed, that I, I was at stage 1B. Okay. Um, my tumor at time of surgery um, was 2.1 centimeters. And when I was diagnosed, it was 0. 0.9. Wow. So you can so it was see growing. how fast yeah. that went. Um, my lymph nodes were negative, thank God. So it didn't spread to the rest of my body. Um, I was ER, PR positive, which means that estrogen and progesterone um causes my cancers to feed off of that and they grow okay. so it's basically my body attacking itself okay i'm also um her2 negative and um they did some testing for me um for gene mutations and my cancer is possibly hereditary because i came okay. up with two gene mutations on my maternal side oh shit. which is the check two and the brip one so the check two mutation, I don't know too much about the BRIP one. It's more a, a high risk ovarian cancer and breast cancer as well. But the check two is really important because it's basically my chromosome number twenty two. That chromosome is supposed to be a tumor suppressor. Okay. It's supposed to stop your body from creating cancer cells. Oh, Mine is okay. faulty. Okay. Okay. Wow. Mine is faulty. Wow. So yeah. So. What did they tell you? What was the prognosis then? So when I with all that about, information, so that's after, a lot. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> right. after um, I asked them about mortality rate of not doing chemo, they did not give they me a percentage. Know. Okay. Um, I asked them, will I be getting the cancer back? They didn't know. Okay. Um, there was a lot of things that they didn't know. Mm. They gave me two different treatment plans. I asked them, what was the percentage between me doing this one or doing this one? They didn't know. They didn't know. What the fuck? They don't know. And then that's where the toxic positivity gets to me. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, no, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to get through But it's like the doctors this. couldn't even tell me. So if my doctor's looking at me in my face right. and not guaranteeing me anything, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who the hell are you to tell me that I'm going to be okay? Yeah. And, and, you know, everything else that I'm going through with my daughter. Yeah. That was a lot. Cause I had to keep it together mm -hmm. for her, mm -hmm. you know. That's the thing, though. Like when you get bad news, when I get bad news, I don't know how to react. You tell me someone in your family died. You tell me you have <clears throat> cancer. I don't know what to say in that moment because mm -hmm. I I understand the toxic positivity. I don't know if you're gonna be okay, mm -hmm. and I can't tell you that. You probably don't even want to hear that from me. Like, mm -hmm. who really wants to hear that shit? I'm yeah. going through something right now. Yeah. So it's always like. I understand that people just don't know what to do or say in that moment. Mm -hmm. But did anybody try to tell you like possible causes? Like, oh, maybe you got it from X, Y, Z. Did you have people like that? 
Telling like you that? family or friends? Family or friends. Oh yeah. Um, it's the food that I was eating. Mm. Um, definitely, it, they they went after the food. My diet, not diet. exercising. Um, I got to do better with that. But then it's like, how do we know it's diet? How do we know? There's babies that are born, born with cancer. With cancer. So what did they eat? There are like the healthiest people in the world who like die of a heart attack or a stroke. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> you so, really. It's hard, yeah. Yeah, so it was basically, I was I was hit with the diet talk very, very often. Yeah. So I wanted you to break down the treatment now. So first you start with chemo. So when I found out I had the cancer, mm-hmm. I did not know what my treatment plan was. Okay. And neither did my surgeon, my okay. breast surgeon. The plan was radiation. So the plan was lumpectomy, which means they're going to remove the tumor out of my right breast mm-hmm. with radiation. Mm. And I said, wow, this sounds like a walk in the park. It doesn't sound so bad. So when I find out that it's not going to be a lumpectomy, that it's going to be a partial mastectomy. Holy shit. Which means that they removed a portion of my breast. Yeah. Um, that hit me mm. like a ton of bricks. Because now here comes the physical changes. Yeah. That I wasn't, you know, that I don't want. So that was that was a lot. Then once we did the surgery, um, she tells me there's a change of plans. Your tumor was a little larger mm-hmm. than the cutoff point to not have chemo. Um, not only that, your age plays a huge factor. We want you to have a longer lifespan. Um, and you need chemo added to the to the treatment plan and i was so uh-uh pissed i'm not doing it so I'm she says chemo it. what goes through your mind immediately my hair. your hair <laughs> my of hair course. i have long wavy hair all the way down my back to my butt mm-hmm. and you're told with the toxic positivity you're not your hair you're, you're more still than your be- hair. you're more than your hair you're <laughs> beautiful and yeah. let's be honest come on I I I I want I was so attached to my you hair. You wanted your hair. I wanted my hair. And you have every right. That's yeah, your yeah. hair. Yeah. I mean, whoever feels that they're okay without it, I mean, That's they can you. buzz it themselves and tell me how they feel. That's you. <laughs> That's not. I tell people all the time, no. buzz it and you let me know how you feel. Yeah. You take it. You take that action first and let me know how you feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's some people that do it. Yeah. They, and they look and great. Not only do they look great, but that's a lot of courage. I'm 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 gonna give it to them. That's a lot of courage. There's people that walk around with you know their their head with no head wrap yeah you know for me i that was very hard for me the the that whole transition let's start go with the chemo yeah i want you to tell me um so i found out about the chemo Mm -hmm. um and then you said what was the rest of the treatment plan yeah so after the chemo like what is the how long is the chemo for anyway so i did chemo so the chemo that i did was tc which means so each letter stands for the medication okay um so the t was taxatier and the c was cyclophosphamide so depending on the type of breast cancer that you have um they will um tell you what medication they they'll do for you during your chemo so that was the one that i needed um and I did four rounds of TC. And after I was um, done with the four rounds of TC, I did um, 20 rounds of radiation afterwards. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so now, during the chemo process, the radiation process, what was going on with your body? 
now we can get into it. So talk to me. Let's finish with the hair. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So I remember I started cold capping. So what's it? Wait, what is that? So cold capping is a device that they put on your head, Mm -hmm. which freezes your scalp during chemo. Okay. Um, Because what happens is when the chemo medication is running through your body, it goes it it goes to every cell. Okay. That includes hair cells, nail cells, everything. (laughs) Um, so that's why like my nails detached from the bed, um, which I did not know happens. Yeah. Um, my, that happened to my toenails. Um, and the reason why the, they do the cold capping, which thank God it was included. Um, it's basically for me to be able to retain some of my hair. Okay. So I did retain like 50% of it. Okay. Um, but what happened was my hair matted. Um, and that was really bad. I remember my mom um, trying to comb it out mm-hmm. and she tried for like an hour. Like I could tell, like I've never seen my mom put so much into doing something and wanting to accomplish it, mm-hmm. like taking the mat, mm-hmm. the matting out of my hair, that knot out of my hair. And when she sat down and she was like, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like I could tell that she was so stressed out. Mm-hmm. And I told her, you know what? Let's cut it. And she was like, what? I was like, yeah, let's let's cut it. I mean, it, it is what it is at this yeah. point. You know, it's some of the hair is already going to fall out. We don't we don't know how much of it. So I remember I passed her the scissor and because the hair was so knotted, she was struggling. She couldn't cut. Oh, wow. It was that bad. It felt like a brittle pad. Wow. Yeah, it was so hard. But when she was able to get through and I heard that I couldn't breathe. Oh, my God. I could not breathe. I, it felt like I was told like someone died. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and I just let her cut it. She walked out the door and I just wanted to be alone for the rest of the day. Of course. Um, But yeah, and I went through a lot of side effects during the chemo, Um, like nausea, hot flash. The worst was the hot flashes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. That was so bad. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't sleep. I was constantly getting hot. Um, What else? Vomiting, loss of taste. Wow. So now, did you feel like you lost your vision a little bit, hearing any type of things like that as well? Um, I did get some dizziness. <laughs> there was, I mean, there was so much to it. There was even mm-hmm. a point I remember I had to stay at my mother's house because I had trouble walking. I had trouble eating. I couldn't get anything to stay in my stomach. Um, but that was the first round. I felt like the second through fourth round. I kind of got a hang mm-hmm. of how my body was taking the medication. So I was doing little things to like finagle it. Mm. So for an example, um, the second time I told the nurse when she was putting the medication into my into, into the vein, I told her, can you do me a favor? Can you dilute it? So when she diluted it, I had less side effects. Oh, wow. And also um, I was drinking like two days before the chemo, like lots of and lots of water to the point that I was like urinating clear. Right, right. And I was doing that even two days after. And that helped. Hmm. That really helped with the side effects. So I was kind of like getting adjusted to like my new norm. Yeah, yeah. During that time. Okay, so you were telling me about how your family would speculate and tell you, oh, maybe it's your diet and that's why Mm -hmm. you have cancer. So at this point, when you have the cancer, did you change your diet at all? 
Um, you know, I asked that to my breast surgeon mm-hmm. and to the oncologist, and I asked them, what should I not eat mm-hmm. during this time? So during chemo, you do get a diet. You can't be eating raw fish or anything mm. like that. Okay. Because um, they're trying to not have you get an infection. Um, but related to cancer? No. They told me, you can eat whatever you want. Hmm. Just avoid soy. Mm. Because soy, due to the fact that my cancer was hormonal, um, ERPR positive, that can raise my hormone levels. So other than avoiding soy, you were fine. I was fine. Okay. All right. And yeah. so I want you to get into something. It's related to that, right? Diet and exercise? Yeah. I, yeah. I actually, today I was, I was uh, YouTubing breast cancer and I was scrolling through the videos and then I ended up reading a comment that I thought that was like so on track because a lot of people, they'll write under the comments like, oh, this is such great content. Um, good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one really hit home and it says, you can't control and prevent breast cancer from happening by just diet and exercise alone. It helps maybe, but it's not a solid preventative as these programs preach. Scientists don't know what causes it unless you're in that five to 10% group who inherited it, which is Mm. me. Um, And we need better treatments discovered that aren't brutally barbaric on the body. We don't know where it comes from. Yeah. They, they, the doctors don't know where it comes from. Yeah. So again, when it comes to like all that whole toxic positivity and don't eat this, go vegan, go vegetarian, do this. As a matter of fact, one of the questions that was brought up to me um, right before my surgery was, mm-hmm. am I um, a vegan? I think it was the question or mm-hmm. vegetarian. And I told her no. And she was like, good, because you can't eat soy. Oh, yeah. Because tofu <laughs> is, isn't tofu soy? Yeah, I think it so. is. It is, right? It is. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, good. But um, other than that, there's not really any okay. diet restrictions that you should avoid. I mean, if they knew it, they would tell you, right? They would tell you, yeah. They would tell you, don't eat ketchup. It causes cancer, right? And you'll stop eating ketchup. Yeah. Or they won't make ketchup, right? Right. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it's the food. We don't know if it's the environment. Mm-hmm. We don't know what causes it. So, one, so me and you talk, obviously. Mm-hmm. We actually have a friendship outside of the pod. Um, <laughs> One of the things that you shared with me, well, two of the things that you shared with me is how you you process or deal with, like, tough things, right? Tough mm-hmm. events. And one of the things is humor. Yes. So I kind of wanted, wanted you to talk a little bit about the things that helped you keep sane through this process, your humor, your support group. Let's get into it. Yeah. So um, I joined a support group um, during that time that I found out that I had cancer because... I realized that a person that's never been through this experience Mm -hmm. has no idea what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Um, And they'll tell you certain things or to do certain things and you're like, you just don't freaking get it. Yeah. So I wanted to join a support group, which um, it's women under 50. Um, And I was able to relate to so many of these women. Um, And humor really got me, (laughs) like keeping my sense of humor. Yeah. You feel like it was coming out in the support group? It is. It does, actually. It still <laughs> yeah. does. It, it still does. I, I I, can't. I feel like I can't. Like, what was the most you would joke about 
Like I know you made the the hair comment earlier. Oh yeah, my hair my hair comment was definitely one of them. I look like freaking Goro from Mortal Kombat. We're gonna have to put a picture. Yeah, here. yeah. I was like, and I, it's like you tell me this now, and like I feel fucked up for laughing. No, I'm no, like, no. I shouldn't be laughing at this. I mean, I shouldn't. Shit look I mean, I I I, I, always, I threw that curveball at no, you. So yeah, what are you supposed like, to do with that? Yo. But yeah, I felt I I remember sending this picture of Goro from Mortal Kombat to my best friend, and I told her, tell me I don't look like Goro. <laughs> She's like, you really want me to answer that? I'm like, listen, if you don't say anything else but yes, you're lying to me. Mm. And she was like, you do kind of little, a little bit like Goro. I was like, thank you. Thank you. Because, dude, I just, you know what it is when you're being told all these things? Like, oh, are you still beautiful? And it's like, no, shut the fuck up. Stop. 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 I know what I yeah. looked like three months ago, and it yeah. was not like this. Right. And, you know, that was one of the things, the, the physical um, toll that you get all these physical changes that when you look at yourself in the mirror it's just a reminder mm-hmm. even though when you're done mm-hmm. you know the chest area the hair the nails mm-hmm. it's just it, it's a lot to yeah. still like process yeah so i wanted you to get into so you had mentioned that your support group kind of led you into the dating world it did so i want you to talk about that because having cancer and then stepping out to date <laughs> Yeah, that was ballsy. Girl. That was ballsy. Girl. Yo. That was very different. So I was told not to do it from someone. I remember someone telling me, don't do it because the last thing you need during, and she made all the sense in the world. The last thing you need during your cancer journey is a heartbreak. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, ooh, she's right. She's right. She's absolutely right. But one thing in support group that I realized and it hit me in the middle of support group. Every single woman in my support group is married. Mm, okay. And when they were discussing their journey and I'm gonna have surgery and my husband won't be able to get in because of COVID or I'm gonna start chemo and my husband won't be able to be there with me because of COVID restrictions, I realized it's not a COVID restriction for me. I just don't have that person. Mm. So I went through my cancer journey feeling alone. It felt like I was missing something. So prior to cancer, I always wanted, you know, a partner. partner, I've always wanted to be in a relationship, a healthy one, you know? Um, And when I did find out that I have cancer, I remember the same day, July 26th, that's when I found out that I had cancer. Oh my God, that's my parents' anniversary. They're married. Oh man. (laughs) So I remember being angry with God Mm. because I said, wow, he's going to take me out before I get married. Mm. Like, that's what I want. One of my goals in life is to be married, to find my soulmate, and he's going to take me out before that. Mm. And then that's something I can't control. It's not like college, that I can put myself through college now, let me hurry up so I can get that degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or let me go get this job. It's not something that I can control. It's out of my control. It just happens. Yeah. And... I felt like I so needed that. And I remember um, meeting someone in support group. Her and I became really good friends. It's like, it's so crazy out of this like huge turmoil. I got, I met so many good people. Yeah. Like so many good things came out of this. Um, and I remember her telling me the story of her husband. She met her husband on a dating app. Hmm. Not through cancer, but 
on a dating app. And I said, really? And she's like, you should try it. I'll help you with your profile. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I said, so let me ask you a question. How do you tell the person on the opposite end that you have cancer? I have cancer. Yeah. And she was like, well, you don't really have to until you're about to like go on a date and you feel like it's going to be serious. So <laughs> I started, you know, I opened the dating app. And you know, a bunch of people just pop up. Yeah, a bunch of men just pop up. I mean, like 10, 15 How did you feel? Guys. Um, like, did you? Uh, all right, hold on. Did you like look at them? Because I've been, I've seen them, and they look. They don't look that great. So, like, on top of the fact that you have cancer, like, were you still picky? Of course, you know I mean? was still picky. Absolutely. Or like, do I have a right to even be picky right no, now? No, 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 no. I was still picky. Okay. I, I'm a very picky person. That's why I was single for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll be like, ooh, I don't like the way he chooses. <laughs> why he chooses like that? Yeah. Um. So, like, 10, 15, like, potential people pop up, and I was disqualifying people left and right, like, yeah. unmatching, like, certain comments. Like, I remember asking this one guy, um, do you have children? And he was like, I don't want to speak on my children. And I was like, dude, I just want to know if you're a parent. He could have just said yes or no. Yeah, like, Legit. I don't want to know what school your kids go to. I just want to know if you're, you know, if you're a parent, if we mm -hmm. can relate on that. Mm -hmm. I was like, unmatch. But what's funny was um, the first person that I matched with mm -hmm. was the one and only person that I went on a date with who is now currently my boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, hold on. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that that okay. was great. Um, we met um, between chemo one and two. Mm -hmm. So when we met, I still had hair. Okay. Um, and that, you know, I had to tell him beforehand that I had cancer, and I wanted to be very transparent because this is this was my perspective on it. If I tell him now, he has the option to walk out. Yeah. You don't want to deceive someone. That's a big deal, dude. Like, you imagine being on the opposite end of that and, like, knowing that the person could be possibly on their way out. Yeah. And it's like, or just sick and going through some type, because a lot of people go through all types of emotion. There's some people that go the depression route. I didn't go that route, but a lot of people do. Uh, I yeah. mean, that's a big deal. So I, I wanted to be transparent and give them the option. If you want to walk out of it, do it now. So it saves me the heartbreak. Yeah. And he was like, no. I want to get to know you for you. I was like, well, damn. I love that. I know. I know. Wait, and then. Hold on. I need a. That's so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> I need a nah, that's really sweet. Because he could have easily been like, listen, call me when you're done with all this. Yeah. I'm, I'm good on this right now. Yeah. But you know what, too, though? It takes. Were you. How was your. um, Like, your emotional being at that time? Were you like constantly depressed you know what i'm saying like mm, that's that, that plays a factor mean. too yeah. like if you're just constantly down yeah he mentioned that actually you know but if you're like upbeat and positive like you know what i feel good i'm living my life this is just a part of it yeah i can understand why someone would just still so, yeah. be willing to work with you. yeah so he actually mentioned that i was upbeat you know mm -hmm. i was real positive throughout the journey mm -hmm. um but um we went on our first date, and then the next day that happened to my hair. I lost my hair the next day. The very, very, very next day. Oh, my God. 
it was so bad because then at that point it's like oh man the you know he, he saw me i still looked 100 there was no changes and now boom now i'm not the same person i was in the first day now mm-hmm. what and still nothing great it was still supportive. like supportive 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 i love that like I, that. I couldn't have asked for more like i'm mm-hmm. like dude this had to be i don't know like heaven sent because what are the chances that the first person i match with the one and only person i go on a date with and then they're like supporting me through this process that was like meant for me yeah it was it was yeah see like when something is meant for you nothing can take it away not even cancer bitch yes <laughs> not even fucking cancer yes um so you're dating boom and I know you said one of your goals is being married. Yes. What's the conversation like now if you get married? What is kids a topic? And then what's the process now? Did cancer affect your fertility? Um, so one of the questions that I feel like society really needs to work on mm-hmm. is telling women, when are you going to have kids? Girl, I'm preaching to the choir right now. Or when are you having your second child? Yeah. When are you having your third child? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's very, very personal um, for people to just go ahead and ask those questions and not know what issues you as a woman are going through or as a couple are going through. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things when you find out that you have cancer, so again, treatments are all different. Mine was surgery, chemo, Radiation. Not everybody's process is the same. Some people do chemo first before surgery because they have to reduce the size of the tumor. They cannot remove like a nine centimeter tumor. So they have to reduce right. and then, then do surgery. Um, so you have to be very, very quick with your with your decisions. And I was asked once I found out that I had cancer, I was asked by my breast surgeon, do you want any more kids? I didn't know why the question came up. Mm. I'm like, what the fuck, this question came up. Yeah. And she's like, I'm like, no. My mother was sitting next to me and she goes, don't say that. And I said, why? I, I don't want any more kids. She goes, there's a reason why she's asking you that. Don't say that. So I go, okay, where is this leading to? Yeah. Because I don't know why you're asking me this. Yeah. She's like, well, now that we are aware that you're gonna start chemo, one of the medications that you're gonna be on, which is the C, the cyclophosphamide, mm-hmm. um, kills eggs. Okay. So any eggs that you have, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to freeze your eggs? And I said, mm, I'll go see a fertility doctor. I'll go check it out. Cause in my mind, I was like, I'm not having no kids. Yeah. No one's changing my mind on that. Yeah. Um, so when I went to the fertility doctor, insurance doesn't cover that. It's over 10K. Wow. To just freeze eggs. Um, and that obviously doesn't include the process and all this other stuff that goes on after that. Fertilizing the egg, creating embryos and blah, 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 implanting it. Yeah. Um, and I don't have a partner at this time. My partner's my mom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> That's yeah, my yeah. mom, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, I'm just going to make the call as a single 36 year old woman at that time. And I said, you know what? Forget it. I'm not going to freeze him. Yeah. Um, and then I met. Which don't you think it's funny, though? Real quick, though, like. Society places such pressure on women to have kids, mm-hmm. but then that process wasn't even covered by your insurance. Mm-hmm. 
Like you have to come out of pocket for that. Like Absolutely. it's still like fuck you. This is still your responsibility. You want if you want kids, this is what you have to do. Like that's fucked up. Yeah, and I feel that I'm sorry. You, you know when you have cancer, you didn't ask for that. I didn't ask to be exactly. in this process. So You're inconvenienced. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So You're the one being I feel like insurance should cover that. Yeah, because of you know due to the situation. Right. Um, but it didn't. Um. And I feel like there's a difference between not wanting children by choice Mm -hmm. and then it being taken away from you. Mm -hmm. So like the door closing on me, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. This is this is a lot to to handle. And then when I met my boyfriend and he said that he 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 does want more children, Mm -hmm. um, that that was a game changer for the situation. Yeah. So. You know, that does cause infertility issues. Mm-hmm. It's not guaranteed that I'm not going to have any kids. Right. But it's really unlikely mm-hmm. that I can. Are you looking into other options? Adoption? Um, no. No. Surrogacy? No. No. Okay. No, because I can I can hold a child. She's getting pregnant. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. What is the biggest, like... I guess self discovery or like revelation you've had during this process, like what was the your moment of like oh shit, anything? What did oh, you learn man, about I yourself? I feel like I went through through so much changes emotionally during this time. Um, it's funny because a lot of people tell me that I you know I was strong during the process and mm-hmm. it didn't really feel that way. I re- I felt very very disconnected. Mm. with myself like I said before like an outer body experience were you mad at yourself like mad at your body some people say like when something happens to them like they feel betrayed by their body like it let them down um well yeah I mean you know the genes come out where obviously it's it's hereditary no I don't feel like I was mad at myself I really wasn't I I was I was upset but it wasn't with myself. Mm-hmm. I was just like, like I said before, like upset with God. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, really? Like this? Like, what did I do to deserve this? Now? Yeah. <laughs> like, I understand that I'm bored here and there. And I ask for like, I want to do something. I want to get lit. But this wasn't it, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely <laughs> this not. This was a little too Definitely late, if you ask me. Absolutely not. I was not. like, oh, shit, I wanted something to do. But this wasn't it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, But yeah, I don't, I can't actually pinpoint one of the self revelation mm-hmm. moments mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i do remember in the beginning beginning um my parents some family members telling me like don't tell nobody don't tell nobody and then one of the things that i did want first of all i find that crazy for someone to tell you not to say nothing yeah because one sometimes you want to just vent two if this is genetic that means that my family needs to know this to prevent it. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Like of my course. child already, because just because she has a mom with breast cancer, she has to start mammograms 10 years before my diagnosis age. So I was diagnosed at 36, so my daughter has to start mammograms at 26. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And how would she know that? Exactly, unless you told her. That also not just affects my daughter. That affects my whole maternal line. Yeah. My sister, um, her kids, Mm -hmm. just, you know, anybody down that line, my cousins, my aunts. So for me to stay quiet and not say anything, 
that kind of sucks you know yeah. that would be wrong for me to just keep that to myself yeah. as well as how do you create awareness if you stay in quiet yeah you know and one of the things that i wanted to do when i you know to when i was going through my journey was create awareness um and i and i always told myself how would i do it how how would i create awareness if i'm not an author um you know i'm the average person i'm here at home sitting on the couch how can i do it so I am very thankful <laughs> for you and Anthony to basically speak about my journey and create awareness on this podcast. Of course. I really appreciate that. Especially. Yo. Oh, wait, go ahead. Yeah, finish. Especially <laughs> on Adolescent and Young Adults Cancer Week. Exactly. Yo, yes. <laughs> no, thank you for, for doing this because... I know me and you were still building our friendship. We're still new. And so when you told me how cancer, I didn't know what the fuck to say. I don't process. Ask him. We don't process things the natural way. So it was like, I'm not about to be all in your business. I don't want to ask you anything. I don't want to get personal. I don't know how uncomfortable it is, how comfortable you are. So even while I've invited you here, I've never asked you questions like that here because mm -hmm. that's your story to tell. Yeah. So the fact that you felt ready and comfortable to just even come here and have the conversation with us as dope so thank yeah. you and thank you for being brave it's uh, not easy i know this this was not easy for you yeah no it wasn't i was a nerve wreck because i'm like yeah i don't know i just i felt nervous about it but yeah. um i do have a few more questions though yeah um one is what advice would you give on like how to best support a loved one going through this so like let's say i had a family member going through this like what advice would you give me as someone just to support somebody else going through it? One, take it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. um, ask the person, how are they feeling today? Okay. Because, you know, maybe because they had a good day yesterday or a bad day yesterday, it doesn't mean like they're gonna be feeling the same way the next day. Okay. Um, and just be a listening ear. Like, I had a few people here and there tell me what you're saying. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what to say. Yeah. And I really, really, really appreciated that because I'd rather you tell me that than tell me that I am God's one, like one of the chosen soldiers. Oh my God, no. <laughs> um, and Get I was chosen here. to fight a battle that I didn't want to fight. I am not one of his strongest soldiers. I didn't choose that job. That's I didn't want terrible. that. I didn't want that. that. I was told Who that. that? <laughs> you point at the camera. <laughs> But what? But don't tell people that they're one of the soldiers. No, don't, um, because this is. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like again, the toxic positivity is like I didn't. I didn't know what that was until cancer. Yeah, mm. I was like, wow, the crap that you hear. Oh, this is the best one. You want to hear this one? Mm. Oh, why don't you just cut them off and get brand new ones? They'll look better than the ones you had before. What the fuck is wrong with people? That's so not appropriate. But it's told, and very, very often, by the way. That's crazy. Very often. Jesus. And now, what advice would you give to someone going through it? The same thing. Take it one day at a time. Make sure that you speak everything through with your oncologist. Mm -hmm. Get um, all the info. Get all the info. Don't Google anything. Mm -hmm. Google is your enemy. Yeah, it is. Okay? <laughs> They're going to tell you things like, eat this, don't eat that, take these supplements, don't take these up you know it's another thing you gotta listen to your doctor mm -hmm. because i was told by a lot of people like oh you should take these supplements 
But then when I spoke to my oncologist, um, she's like, no, you cannot take any supplements during chemo. Um, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, she goes, let's say, for example, vitamin C. Vitamin C is to bring up your immune system, right? The Irish person doesn't know this. We don't, we don't think this way. The doctors do. And that's why it's important to speak to your doctor. The vitamin C brings up your immune system, right? Chemo, what they want you is to bring it down. Mm. And the reason why they want to bring your immune system down is to attack all the cancer cells. Got it. Right? Got it. So if you're taking vitamin C to increase it, increase it it's a contraindication of what they're trying to do. Right. So you're actually feeding the cancer cells so the chemo doesn't work. Wow. Yeah. And it's and like, then you're going to be over here listening to whatever Google your friends are telling you. And they're like, and yeah, you should up. take these supplements. You should take this vitamin C. You should take this multivitamin. And it's like, dude, I can't take any of that. Yeah, stuff. like, shut up. I just shut up. You're not a professional. You're not a professional. <laughs> yeah. So, like, definitely listen to your oncologist. And if you want to vent and you want to join a support group and join a support group. Yeah. You want to tell people about it. You tell people, tell people about it. Like, all that stuff that goes on in our culture about stay quiet, we don't want people to know. Mm-hmm. Like it's embarrassing. Like the, the way I was told was like, it was so weird. Like, are you embarrassed about it? Why, why are we really hiding this? Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like I got cheated on. Like my husband cheated on me and he left me. Like, oh, don't tell nobody about that. That's not what's going on here. Yeah. I didn't cause this upon myself. Yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. just so strange. It's like and you had this shame to it almost. It was like a shame. It's yeah. weird. It was so weird. Like, um, yeah. But um, but yeah, um, you don't have any questions, right? Because I have more. Oh, okay. So just to wrap up now, um, do you ever have a what now moment now that your cancer is gone? What do you mean? Like, okay, cancer is gone. Now it's like I really have the gift of time back, mm-hmm. essentially. What am I gonna do now, or what? What are my next steps now? Um. I'm gonna tell you something. I, I don't really think of stuff like that, but mm-hmm. my perspective in life has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are encountering a situation where you're kind of facing death, your perspective starts to change. You start to, the air that you're breathing in feels more crisp. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. sun outside feels mm-hmm. a little bit more warmer. Yeah. And it's like, I have so much gratitude now for like just the space mm-hmm. around me mm-hmm. and i feel like we're we restrict ourselves with so much time like don't do that it's too soon yeah or you or hurry up and do it it's too late hurry up and do it it's too <laughs> late running out and time is not a factor mm-hmm. if you feel like you want to go for that it's not too late go for that if you want to yeah. say something if you want to tell a person i love you it's never too soon go ahead and say it because there will be a time that you will run out of time. Mm-hmm. So we have to like stop restricting ourselves with that. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I feel like has changed a lot for me is my perspective of so, life. So with this new perspective, like what do you want to do? Like you want to travel more? I do want to travel more. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to travel more. Go out more, party more. I do want to do all of that. All, <laughs> all of that. that. I want to do all of it. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> yes. That's I awesome. do have one question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did it feel like when you rang that bell? The bell. Oh, man, I was an emotional wreck when I rang that bell. Um, I don't know. You know, it feels like you're never going to get to the end. So when you get to the end, it's like, yes, 
I did it. Mm-hmm. It almost feels surreal. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like, nah, I'm not here right now. That's what it felt like for me, at least. Um, Especially with all the unknowns that you the, were getting hit with. Yeah. And the bell was what again? What was the bell? Like, why did, what was the significance of it? The significance of it was that I am no longer a breast cancer patient. I am now a breast cancer survivor. Woo! <laughs> that was the end of my But one thing that I do want to say is that there's no certainty when it comes to cancer. And I feel like post-treatment is also just as hard on people emotionally. Mm. You are recovering from the past years, the past months of having treatment, the emotional wreck that you were during that time, as well as what your family went through and friends Mm -hmm. during that time. And I feel like once you're done, people feel like, whoop, you're back to normal now. Mm. And it's not like that. First of all, I'm still on treatment. I'm, I'm on, on a pill, which um, is supposed to control my hormone levels. Okay. So I don't possibly get it again. Okay. But you're not given a guarantee that you're not going to get it again. Mm-hmm. And especially with my situation that it was genetic, genetic there is no guarantee. Right. So it kind of is weird to me for people to feel like I'm back to normal. But in the back of my mind, my biggest fear is getting it again. Mm-hmm. I'm still on these pills that give me crazy side effects. Um, I'm still going through the process of hair growth. So I'm mm-hmm. not back to normal. You know, that this is my new norm. Yeah. Have it, you know, post cancer. Yeah. And I feel like that needs to be taken in account when speaking to a breast cancer survivor yeah because no one ever goes back to normal like again like when i mentioned fertility issues Mm -hmm. there's a lot of breast cancer survivors that cannot have children that's a big freaking deal Mm -hmm. that's a big huge change so it's not like well you're a breast cancer survivor yay Mm -hmm. because now everything else pre-cancer some of the things that were very important to me are no longer there now Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Do you have any like finishing points? Let's try to end on a positive note. Yeah. How are you gonna <laughs> get through it now? Um, let me see. Just again, take it one day at a time. Try to bring some type of normal. You know, try to go back to normal as much the, as you can. The, the best that I can, mm-hmm. you know, again, struggling with all these physical changes, mm-hmm. but I have a great sense of humor. You really do. You really do. I Better really than do. I would in your position. Yeah. And, you know, one thing is just smile. Just keep smiling. Keep smiling. <laughs> you got a picture? Oh, my God. <laughs> Show the shirt. All right. All right. We got merch now, guys. Isn't this fire? <laughs> And it's pink in honor of today's episode. Thank you for coming. Thank thank you for talking about this with us for real. I really appreciate you guys for having me here. All right, guys, if you like this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. And leave Cynthia some love in the comments, okay? All right, we out of here. (laughs) 